Have you ever wondered why only a few people consistently make accurate stock investment decisions? Let me share the true secret of such successful stock investors. They are extremely methodical in choosing which companies to invest in. There are three key commonalities among smart stock pickers. Firstly, they possess a clear understanding of their investment goals. They decide in advance what they want their investments to achieve and adhere to these objectives. Secondly, they closely monitor daily news and trends that impact the economy and companies. And thirdly, they possess the skill to analyze a particular company's performance with clarity. In this episode, I will provide you with an exact picture of how you can focus on the third point. I will give you a clear roadmap of how to assess the performance and health of a company before deciding to invest in it. In short, I will conduct a deep dive into the fundamental analysis of a company. I'm your host Ashish Shavla. Welcome to another episode of Temperament by One Finance, where we explore emotions and biases and their effect on the way we handle our money. Our aim is to help you avoid costly mistakes by giving you practical financial knowledge that helps you make smarter financial decisions. India has become one of the busiest places for companies to go public this year. Thanks to a large number of small and medium-sized businesses joining the stock market during a period of rising stock prices. In 2023, 184 companies have gone public, marking the highest number in a single year as per Bloomberg's data. In October alone, 30 companies started trading in India, surpassing the numbers in the United States, China and Hong Kong. In September 2023, the number of DMAT accounts in India surged to 12.97 crore. marking a 26% year on year increase millennials have more money to invest and the financial market is becoming a hot investment destination for many indians however despite the impressive rise in such investments decisions are primarily influenced by friends and family my goal for this episode is to provide you with the tools that will empower you to make independent wise investment decisions now there are two methods for analyzing investment options fundamental analysis and technical analysis technical analysis aims to predict price movements by examining historical market data including price and volume it relies on price trends and price action to generate indicators some of these indicators form patterns with names that reflect their shapes such as the head and shoulders pattern others utilize trend lines support and resistance lines to illustrate how traders perceive investments and predict future events I delved into this topic extensively in my episode Navigating the Stock Market Lessons from Successful Investors. Fundamental analysis on the other hand is typically conducted from a macro to micro perspective to identify stocks that are inaccurately priced by the market. Analysts typically follow a top-down approach, starting from the overall state of the economy, followed by the strength of the specific sector and industry, and then finally deep diving into the financial performance of a company issuing the stock this thorough examination ensures that analysts arrive at a fair market value for the stock to provide a more detailed and simplified breakdown i'm pleased to welcome my first guest on the show ankit kanodia ankit is the founder and partner of smart sync services a sebi registered investment advisory firm it's a pleasure to have you on the show ankit thank you so much ashish So what is your view on looking at the fundamentals of a company if i have to explain to any layman who has no understanding of markets or investing i'll simply say a fundamental value of a business 
is the amount of cash it can generate over its lifetime. Of course, we don't know how long a business can last. But ultimately, as an investor, you have to make some assumptions and some idea about how a business will grow its cash flows over a long period of time. And then based on that, you have to value the business. So that is what is fundamental analysis. And how do you get to know about that? Until and unless you know the business, you understand the business, you cannot, you have to fundamentally know how a business earns money, where those money are being invested, which are the portion of that cash which is invested in uh, operational activities, which are the portion of the cash which is used for capex or capital expenditure which produces higher cash flows 2-3 years later down the line. So until unless you know the fundamentals of a business, you cannot value a business. It is not about just putting numbers on Excel and try to come out with a number. It is more about fundamentally first understanding the industry and business and then using the fundamental principle of valuation to arrive at the value of that. That in nutshell is fundamental. To know the business fundamentally, you can immediately start with going to the website of the business, trying to understand how the business, what is the business doing. Say for example, you you're looking at a very simple business like Nestle, where the products you can easily understand because Nestle makes most of its uh, revenue or profit through baby care products, through the milk products which they have uh, and they have Maggie, right? So you can fundamentally understand these are the products they sell and you know the brands, you know and then you come to the financial statement. Okay, these are the brands but how do they look at the numbers? So in terms of financial statements, I would say until unless you know the business, you have done some background check, don't go straight away to the financial statement because every business is different. Even within an industry, you will find two, three, four business completely different among each other. So always start with understanding the business first and then test your hypothesis with looking at the finances or financial statements. Understood. And... Can you give an overview of financial statements? Financial statement is nothing but a true reflection of what the business is. Okay, or uh, to put it differently, I would say it is the language of the business. Until and unless you understand English, you cannot read in your class, right? All our subjects, be it maths, English, history, geography. In school, we have studied everything in English, right? Similarly, for understanding businesses, you have to understand the language of business, which is financial statements or accounts, right? So, but there are three basic uh, things which you should very clearly know. There is a profit and loss account, there is a balance sheet, and there is a cash flow statement. Say, for example, I start a Pani Puri business with, say, 25,000 rupees of my capital. After one year of operation where you made 50,000 sales, 45,000 expenses, 5,000 profit, that 5,000 profit will reflect in the capital account. So, balance sheet will always say as on 31st March 2023 or 2024. But in case of profit and loss, it's always a period where you take a profit and loss statement for accounting year 2023. So, maybe April 2022 to March 2023. Thanks, Ankit. So, how should we be making sense of these financial numbers? Are there any financial ratios that we can look at that help us in understanding the business performance better? Yeah, that's financial ratios are very, very, very important in case of any fundamental analysis. So, I'll break down the whole ratio analysis into two, three parts. 
So number one kind of ratio would be efficiency ratio. Through this ratio, you will understand how efficient is the business. Second is liquidity ratio or solvency ratio, where you are trying to understand how the net worth of the business is. Is the business going to go, uh, go bankrupt or is it very solvent, very cash rich? You will get to know that. And the third would be valuation ratio. Okay, let's start with the uh, efficiency ratio. There are, um, again, many ratios under efficiency ratio, but I use one, the most important ratio, which is return on equity. And I'll again use the same Panipuri wala example to make it very clear to you. So in that Panipuri business, as I said, you invested 25,000 rupees of your capital. After one year of operation, you made 5,000 rupees of profit. Or I, I should not say one year, I should say, say probably one, one month of operation, you made 5,000 rupees of profit. So for that one month period, in that business, you invested 25,000 capital and you made 5,000 rupees. So your return on equity will be 5,000 rupees upon 25,000, which is uh, 5 divided by 25, which is about 20%, right? So 20% is your return on equity. Now, whether it is high or low, a very simple way to understand whether it is a high or low or whether it is a good return on equity or not, is that how much do you earn when you keep your money in MDs. In MDs, you generally get 6 to 7% max at the current level, right? So if a business or any other activity is producing, say, something like 20% as we got to know in this case, it is definitely far better than FD. So it's a very good alternate investment for you to make. And that from an efficiency point of, point of view clearly mentions that this business is being run very efficient. Okay. So that was the example of uh, efficiency ratio. Second would be liquidity ratio or uh, solvency ratio. Over here, there are two ratios I would like to uh, talk about. One is debt equity ratio. Let's take the same example of the Pani Puri business, which I talked about. In that business, I didn't use any debt. And on top of that, I'm making 5,000 rupees cash in uh, profit also. So my debt equity ratio is actually zero, right? So that means from a solvency perspective, from a liquidity perspective, my business is doing really well. Okay, it may be a small business from a scale point of view, but from a liquidity point of view and solvency point of view, it is an excellent business because you don't require outside money. You're not dependent on anybody else and your own business is generating enough cash to continue in future as well. Now in the same business, if instead of 25,000 rupees of my own capital, I would have put 15,000 rupees of my friend's capital and 10,000 rupees of mine. So that means the debt equity ratio comes to 3 is to 2. That means that 1.5 is the debt equity ratio. So basically, I am putting twice or 1.5 times debt apart from my own investment to run my capital. That is where the risk comes in. Whether I'll be able to generate enough uh, returns to pay off my uh, friend's loan and after paying off the loan, do I get enough capital to run my business? So those questions comes into the play. So that is why debt equity ratio is important. And not just that ratio. You should also look at the other ratio in this, which is uh, interest coverage ratio. Even for a, right now we are talking about, say, uh, Banipuri business. But in general, when you're talking about the listed market space, there are so many manufacturing companies which are always doing some capex, which requires debt on books. Just because a company has, say, one times or 1.2 times uh, debt equity ratio, 
doesn't mean that you will completely ignore it. You have to then go to the next level where you see the interest coverage ratio. Say for example, your company produces profits of 100 crore and your interest outgo is about 20 crore. So that means your company is having five times the interest portion of profit. That means your company is making enough profit to serve the debt. So the company is doing reasonably well. And if you can think that this can be continued in the future as well, so you don't need to worry about the debt. It is being taken care of. And now I come to the most important part for investors is the valuation ratio. In the valuation ratios, uh, what I'll say is that don't depend on only one valuation. There are three valuation ratios which are very effectively used or very commonly used. I would always advise use all three together rather than pinning your all your hopes only on one. So number one is price earnings ratio, which is called as PE. Number two is price to book ratio, which is called as PB. And the third one is price to sales ratio. And always look at these ratios over long term, not just what was the uh, PE or the PB or the P by S in the last year, but look at for last 10 years and then compare with the last 10 years what is the current valuation ratio and based on that take your call. Let me explain these ratios in a little more detail. Price to earnings ratio or PE ratio is calculated by dividing market price per share by earnings per share. The PE ratio is a measure of how much investors are willing to pay for each rupee of earnings generated by a company. A high PE ratio may suggest that investors have high expectations for future earnings growth, while a low PE ratio may indicate lower growth expectations or undervaluation. However, a high PE ratio does not always mean a stock is overvalued, as it could also reflect strong expected future earnings growth. Price to sales ratio is calculated by dividing market price per share with revenue per share. It is often used when a company has negative earnings or when earnings are not considered a reliable indicator of future performance. A lower PS ratio might indicate that the stock is undervalued, but it's important to compare it with industry averages to get a better context. Price to book ratio is market price per share divided by book value per share. The PB ratio compares a company's market value to its book value, which is the value of its assets minus liabilities. A PB ratio below 1 may suggest that the stock is undervalued compared to its book value, while a ratio above 1 may indicate overvaluation. These are the key financial ratios that will help you understand the performance of a business. Now, beyond these quantitative analysis, it's crucial to consider qualitative factors such as the quality of the management, which can significantly influence business operations. So, Ankit, how would you recommend evaluating these software aspects? If you ask different investors, they will uh, give different answers. To me, they, those things matter far more than financials. Because business is never a still picture, but it's a rolling movie. So, financial statement probably will not capture everything in that rolling movie. Because say, for example, a business is going and uh, undergoing a massive capex. And then it has taken a lot of debt on its uh, book. So, it will not be captured the the future revenue and the profit potential is not being captured here. But by looking at the track record, understanding the management, and that is why it is told that investing is not just science, but also art. So when you come to these softer aspects of corporate governance or capital allocation skills or management integrity, these things cannot be calculated on a formula. Right? In fact, even past 
can give you some clue, but that is not a guarantee of the future. So there are cases where the management were not so great in the past. New generation came and they completely changed, transformed everything and suddenly the management becomes much better. And the reverse also happens. The management was very good in the past. Uh, they brought in professionals. The professionals could not uh, continue the legacy of the promoters. Right? So anything can happen. So you have to be always alert on the ground. And how do you spot all these things? I think the best way to do this is, number I call this say-do ratio. Go back five years. Uh, say we are in 2023. You go to 2018. In 2018, you go and see what the management has said. They say everything on annual reports. In the annual report section, I think for new investors, this is very important. Even if you don't understand financial statements, at least go to the annual report and read the management discussion and analysis uh, segment. That is the place where management is basically talking to you. They are explaining to you how they look at the business, what are their plans for the future. Read 2018 annual report and see what they are saying. And look at in 2023, what is there in the numbers? What is there? So you will be able to make a very good picture what management is saying and what management is doing. Are they matching or not? A little bit of difference is fine. That is part and parcel of business, doing business. But if there is a huge variation, that is a management you cannot trust. Thank you, Ankit, for that insightful breakdown of fundamental analysis and the importance of financial ratios. It's evident that understanding a company's financial health goes beyond just numbers. It involves a deep dive into the business itself. To determine which investment options align with your personality, context, behavior, and risk tolerance, you can seek personalized advice from the expert qualified financial advisors at One Finance. As I wrap up this part of the episode, I want to leave you with some intriguing questions. Have you ever thought about the stories behind those financial statements? Wouldn't it be nice to understand the other side of the table as well and see how the management prepares these financial investments? How do they handle challenges and how do they communicate when they are unable to meet their targets? In the second part of this episode, I will take up practical real cases where management defaulted and resulted in great losses for investors. The key is in developing the skill of detecting such frauds and protecting your investments. It's not about just the numbers. It's about decoding the narrative that financial statements tell. Join me in part two, where we unravel the mysteries behind financial statements and explore the stories that numbers can't always reveal. Until then, stay tuned and stay financially informed. Investment in securities market are subject to market risks. Read all related documents carefully before investing. The securities quoted are for illustration only and are not recommendatory.